another episode of the Field of You podcast. We're back! After a week of vacation, sort of time off, we needed to rest. Too much sports fries our brain, I think. <laughs> um, I hope you're all having a fantastic day. Um, there's a lot of catching up to do, uh, but before I mention it, I am joined by a person who is ready for his second calling in the Balloon World Cup. How ready are you to join us, Zeus? He's thinking. He's thinking for his response. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I would take that as a no. I will take that as my second call. If you don't know, I'll link it in the description of this episode to look it up. It is the best thing I've ever seen. Jesus gave your thoughts on like that 10 second clip I showed you. Come on. It was amazing. It was good. Okay. Jesus doesn't like it. I do. And uh, no, no. I'd rather give you the silent treatment on that one. <laughs> oh, joyous. Oh, yeah. I hope you all missed us for sure. And it, I'll, again, make sure you check out the Blue World Cup because our editor, Leo, said they'll join it if they could. Uh, we're going to hold them to it. But with that being said, a lot of recapping. Let's get right into it with the new scrum. Uh, we're currently in the midst of the World Series, the MLB, uh, between the Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves. Currently, the series is 3-2 to two in favor for Atlanta. Uh, last night, Houston won the game 9-5, correct? Yes, yeah, 9-5. Cool. I remember that. I, I briefly watched the, uh, the last couple innings of it and i thought atlanta was gonna make a comeback in the bottom of the eighth but um that was a little too hopeful of me but <laughs> it's atlanta tradition to not win uh well their soccer teams won a title in about three years of their inception so that's <laughs> that's, that's something else yeah that's a good thing so yeah they're, they're not like the rest of the uh teams i think back with a 28 to 3 halftime score uh, <laughs> uh game six is tomorrow night in houston uh just jesus you're quick thoughts on these this uh, World Series? It's been mostly back and forth from what I felt like when I was watching. I did briefly watch the World Series Game 5 but it was like mid-innings after it was like 5-4. Four, four to, four. I don't remember who was up but it was after Atlanta got a grand slam on the first inning I believe. And it was like Houston's not going to go down without a fight. It makes sense. Uh, that's that's what makes these World Series entertaining. Uh, so like I said, Game 6 tomorrow in Houston. Make sure to check that out. Uh, we'll be make, checking that out for sure. Uh, from there, we're heading over to the world of the NFL. Uh, two weeks to recap. Uh, week seven of and eight. Uh, before we get into it, my fantasy update. We'll just start out with that. I hate fantasy football. It's the worst thing ever. I've lost two weeks in a row. I lost Russell Wilson. This is terrible. Screw the fantasy football league. Just adapt. <laughs> I've tried to adapt. I've picked up Carson Wentz. I picked up Stevenson for... <laughs> I got to explain this one. So I picked up Richard Stevenson last week. I thought it was going to be good because they were playing the Jets. What would happen? He gets a game time, like, decision of he's not playing. And then he becomes active the day, like, the day after. And he's like, oh, it's healthy. So this is my anger with fantasy. But that's fantasy updates. Uh, I'm losing this week um, because there's two players on the Jet Giants team. They're pretty much the same team, right? <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, at this point, they're getting close to me. But um, that with my shenanigans out of the way, um, winners for week seven for you, Susan, as we're recapping two weeks. Okay, uh, if I can remember what I just said. I believe you said the uh, the Bengals, and I don't know if that's right. Yeah, um, the Bengals are obviously the winners. I mean, obviously, I know they played the Ravens that week, but, like, you know, it's not a bad loss. It's just more like the Ravens just, like, unprepared because they, I think I remember Coach Harbaugh saying that this is a different Bengals team, and sure, it was a different Bengals team than in previous years. Yeah, it was, that was an interesting game. I was, uh, I can't remember what game. I was, we were, uh, we had it on, me and my friend had it on the CBS broadcast, and they were showing the, the Chief Titans game, but that game apparently got too boring for CBS, and they switched over on and off Red Zone style to the, to the Bengals-Ravens game, and that was way more entertaining because somehow the Bengals are like, oh, we're actually going to play good in the divisional matchup, so. And, yeah. Okay, thank you for reminding me. My second winner, for although they lost, the Detroit Lions. We're not, we, we, we don't talk about that because that was the first time in a long time since that twenty that 28 to 3 halftime score. I felt legit anger. Um, just to briefly recap what happened in the first legitimately five minutes of this game, the, the Lions had their first offensive snap with the lead in about how many games i think it was like since the last season it dated back to it was a little, it was some weird stat fox gave and then so <laughs> 
the sequence is there was a uh, there was a four and out going for the Lions. Lions were gonna punt the ball, but decided to do a special team play and then just fake it, throw the ball, get the first down, and that converts into a touchdown. Then when they're going to kick to uh, the kick the ball so the Rams could receive, they decide to onside kick it. It tips off one of the Rams players, and the Lions get it. Um, it was infuriating. It was good football, but it angered me since. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've been mad. Um, losers for, for week seven. Uh, for me, Kansas City, I mean, what is going on with them? It's, not, it's like either they're getting wildly incons- inconsistent or they're just becoming too cocky. Madden curse. I, no, I don't think that's it. <laughs> it's more like the offense getting cocky, but you want to know with it? I think I heard rumors that the Kansas City fan base is getting more toxic. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. They, they're thing when fan bases start to have a dynasty and like have a really consistent team, um, that tends to happen. AKA, look at what the Raiders and the Cowboys are. Um, aside from. And, the, yeah, I was like a second loser, the Miami Dolphins for that week. Makes sense. And you asked me why earlier before we started, and I said Tua, and I still have my beef with him. <laughs> um, any standout players that you can recall from last, uh, from week seven? Um, honestly, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Yeah, him and Burrow had a really good combination that game, which was maddeningly, like, it was good, but it was like, how good? Like, it was like, you were baffled, but I agree with that. Um, On my side, I would say the, uh, I can't remember, uh, the Rams were winners, and then the and then the uh, Bengals, for sure, were winners for me as well. And then loser-wise, it was uh, the uh, Chiefs, like you did, but um, like you said, but me was the Panthers, because they had a really good start, and now they, lo- they lost to the Giants 25 to three that was kind of worrisome uh now to this past week um i'm gonna start off with my losers because i need to get this off my chest right now because i'm worried heading into my night football tonight one of my losers this week um that isn't that i'll mention so i gotta mention this first the chiefs i feel like are gonna be losers but they're gonna win tonight for sure i'm gonna say that for sure but they're gonna struggle um after last week, I feel like they're going to struggle and all that stuff. Uh, my other loser, for sure, were the uh, the Colts. Um, they've been a hot mess. Uh, Carson Wentz, please help me. Um, <laughs> winner-wise, for me, for sure, have been the Titans. They have been Derrick Henry, which he's possibly with an injury. Um, with- yes, I actually will report this because I saw this on Twitter. He's out for six to ten weeks, so thankfully it's not a season-ending injury. Oh, okay. See, I saw that uh, I forgot one of the ESPN reporters. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He had reported that it was possibly season yeah. ending, so that's why I was worried. Yeah, that's not, he said possibly, but thankfully it wasn't the case. Yeah, so but it seemed like they speculated more towards season ending, but it's good to hear that he is all and good. And then my other winners would be the uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, a lot of people were worried about Jameis Winston and all that, but hey, he's probably not win, so I'll give it to him. Um, actually, Jameis Winston's out for the game, and it was oh, he did get injured. I remember, and it's thanks to backup quarterback Trevor Simeon to for pulling it off alongside Brady's mistakes. Apparently last night was the backup night because the on the other uh, like late night game there was the Cowboys and the Vikings. Um, the Cooper Cow- Rush. Cooper Rush had a not a phenomenal game but a really good game to uh, to hold off the Vikings in a 2016. Uh, your winners for this week. My winners, Justin Fields specifically for the Bears, even though they lost the game. He had an incredible game, and this only goes to show that Mag Nagy is not a good coach. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard I've heard not not good things of him as a coach, of his coaching style for sure. And then your other winners, the Green Bay Packers, obviously because they got they took away the undefeated streak to the only remaining team of the Cardinals in a 20, uh, 24 to twenty one victory in Thursday night football. Your losers for this past week. First of all, Carson Wentz, what are you doing? Uh, again, we. we I know. Please, Carson Wentz, help us. I, I follow uh, follow a, 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 a racing reporter. He covers a lot more IndyCar, and he's a Colts fan. And he, all his, like, Twitter le- le- yesterday afternoon was just like, please help us, <laughs> because he's a heavy Colts fan. It was it was, it was was funny but sad to see as well. So I, I agree with that. And, and my other loser, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, how do you go from winning 41-17 to then losing to the Jets of all teams 34 uh, 34- to 31 but uh eh, it makes sense i agree they should they should be better than that but those have uh any standout players from this past week i mean i already i already mentioned my main one being justin fields or well, anybody else stood out to you um if i had to pick i would say cooper cooper cup <laughs> cooper cup's been no come on let's be honest last two weeks he's been how where did 
that come from? Like legitimately, I didn't like when I saw him last week and then this week. Jeez, man, I, I would say Cooper Cup for sure. Okay, you know what? I'm throwing this out there, Debo Samuel. There we go. There we go. And then from there, we're going to the beginning of a new season, the 75th anniversary season of the NBA. Did you know it was the 75th? Because I, I did not actually. Oh, I might be the only one then. <laughs> I listened to a uh, a soccer podcast that has connection to the uh, to the athletic and their advertisements when they were going for that like advertising the season was like the 75th anniversary, 75th anniversary, 75th anniversary, 75th anniversary. So that was in the back of my head every time I thought of the NBA starting. I'm like, okay, I get it, 75th anniversary. Cool. <laughs> uh, with that being said, I know uh, we have two teams in LA. Uh, one will have a new stadium, and I don't know. Whenever they finally finish it, at this rate, that's when, <laughs> that's how I gauge time of stadiums and buildings being built when it gets done. Uh, the Clippers and the Lakers have had uh, a bit of a bit of a rough start. Not not too bad. Uh, I know that the Clippers are struggling a little more than anything, and then the Lakers, I believe, are four and three now. They won last night, correct? I think so. Yeah. They were up when I was watching the game. Um, um, I was at the gym, and then they were they had the game on the big screen, and I was like, oh. Okay, they were up at that point. Uh, it was a sizable margin, so I believe they are four and three right now. And then the Clippers, uh, at the point of from we last recall, were one a four. Um, you you've been following this a little more. T- talk us through this. Talk us through this. All right, first there has been some drama in Philadelphia between the 76ers and point guard Ben Simmons, where Simmons has had a rough go since the NBA playoffs. You know. The massive collapse that is Doc Rivers coaching and then Ben Simmons is not being a point guard. He wants out of Philadelphia and he specifically wants to go to the West Coast, which Philadelphia does not want to do. So you know what he does? He does not show up for team report, team practice or team reports. And this is probably angering the 76ers front office. This reminds me, and I know what you mentioned and we jumped into it. Um, This is a... This is a, uh, as uh, Jesus said, the Philadelphia 76ers, um, they're having one one of their star players having drama with this. Um, I We mentioned the scores, the, uh, the, the the records right now, because I would imagine some of the leading teams to sign if he became available, um, Ben Simmons became available, would be the Clippers and the Lakers, wouldn't they? No, I do not think so. You don't think so? I, I would think they would, mainly with the team that Lakers try to build lately. But here's the thing. He's not a point guard. He's a power forward. You never know. Some maybe some. You can't shoot threes. That that's true. Um, but where I was going with this, this reminds me of what was going on earlier in the NFL season with Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's not too far off. Um, from what I recall from the Rodgers deal was that he essentially lost his team, which he didn't want. He he had a group of guys there, receiving core, running backs that could he could build off of and then the front office of Green Bay just decided to ship them all out and left him there by himself and <laughs> he wasn't happy. It seems like Ben Simmons does not want to play anymore for the team. Um, I mean, he's been showing up since, but just like the the, the the damage has already been done. Yeah, you can imagine that he, he's going to want out, but um, depending on what his contract situation is, he could be held there until possibly next season, right? Yeah. And then from there, you I know you wanted to talk about the drama in the Nets. Uh, Brooklyn Nets having drama with one of their star players, Kyrie Irving. Talk us about that one. Why does he want, Why does he not want to get vaccinated? Oh my goodness. Okay, we don't talk about that. Jeez, man. No, I'm not, I'm not saying this to you. I'm just more saying, like, I don't understand the situation with Kyrie Irving now. I understand. I, 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 I kind of briefly followed it um, with a couple podcasts I heard talking about it. Um, here's a here's a related example to, to, um, to another sport, soccer. Uh, the English Premier League uh, has does not have a good uh, vaccination rate either. A lot of players and teams are still withholding. Um, one of the major clubs, uh, Manchester United, were actually the head coach was asked about it, and he said, "Well, I'm vaccinated," <laughs> and didn't really respond to the question of why are your players not vaccinated or why are most of them at least vaccinated. Yeah, because apparently the NBA has a rule where if you're not vaccinated, you're not gonna play and you're not gonna get paid. I remember hearing that rule. Um, and this is tarnishing the Nets right now because they're they, from what I saw, they're struggling. He. he He's a key player to the whole organization for sure. I can imagine when it comes to, um, from what I recall seeing last season, uh, the playoff again, the that series against Milwaukee, he wasn't he wasn't available for that series. No, he was hurt. Yeah, and I remember seeing I believe it was came four or three, I can't remember which one, but how much the Bucks were like essentially bodying Kevin Durant in the in the paint was hilarious and sad. Yeah, because he had no help. Yeah, it's especially damning because um, James Harden was also supposed to be hurt with a hamstring injury. Yeah, 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 no, that makes sense for sure. But um, hopefully that gets organized. We'll keep we'll keep updating this 
as it continues because it's it's a crazy uh, uh, incident. Well, not incident. It's just I don't understand the information's out there. We we provided it and like and when I say we, I mean the experts and everything like that and that know what's going on with that. They provide it. So uh, with that being said, we will circle back to this in the following week. From there, we're going to the world of racing and we have a couple races to recap. The NASCAR Cup Series had two races in the uh, round of eight. Uh, it was the uh, last week race was at Kansas Motor Speedway. Kyle Larson won for the ninth time in the season. Uh, second time this season, he won three straight races. Very impressive. I watched that race. It was man. He was he's been putting a butt whooping to them um uh the uh after last week hitting this week the drivers who were in a better situation to move on to the championship four which is this coming sunday was denny hamlin and chase elliott which chase elliott in the end of the second stage of this past race at martinsville the eliminator race of the round he essentially uh, cl- uh clinched his spot in championship four leaving two spots available denny hamlin was the next viable driver in there um the martinsville race jeez man oh what i've heard it, everybody loves the race i enjoyed it at the end it was really good and it's essentially what nascar has been pushing as a product uh for people like mainstream to to get the eyes on the product with like a spin somebody gets spinned at martinsville martinsville is an amazing track to host an elimination race uh alex bowman won the race a non-playoff driver getting the fourth win of the season but so much drama um was going on there uh, uh alex bowman got loose and then spun uh, uh denny hamlin who was leading the race with about i believe seven laps to go to uh to push him back down the field he Denny Hamlin did eventually finish the race and then uh, did qualify into the championship four. Uh, but without Denny at the end of the race, after when Bowen was trying to do some burnouts, uh, went over and uh, kind of gave him a little nudge like, sup, buddy, what'd you do there? <laughs> kind of nudge. Um, he did, Denny Hamlin in the post-race interview did call um Alex Bowman a hack, which I laughed at because Bowman has two more wins than Denny. Um, as much as people want to say they were luck wins, they are wins, and he has the trophies and the prize money for it, so whatever. And then um, Denny Hamlin decided to continue his beef with Hendrick Motorsports with calling out Chase Elliott fans uh, for sure. But uh, aside from the shenanigans, I know Kyle Busch and uh, Brad Keselowski had their dramas. Uh, Kyle Busch was not happy with Brad almost spinning him, essentially spinning him out at the last corner of the race. Um <laughs> Uh, he said in a post-race interview, I should beat him to the ground. Uh, not the exact wording because we are a family-friendly show. <laughs> uh, but aside from all that shenanigans, the championship four heading into Phoenix next week is Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin. Favorites currently right now is Kyle Larson. Uh, I would imagine Chase Elliott being the last uh won the race last year and the championship uh so they're my favorites in that kind of sense uh from there we're heading to last week's race at austin uh we had the uh a really impressive usgp max verstappen held off lewis hamilton for another win this season extending his championship lead to 12 points with five races to go uh red bull impressively getting a double podium i was i was happy to see that one for sure and have decreased the lead the um the margin in the constructor championship to 20 three points off Mercedes. Um, Merce, uh, McLaren and Ferrari are now just separated by 3.5 points in the uh, in the constructors. Jesus, quick thoughts on this race. That was a masterclass by Max Verstappen, and I don't know how he did it. Saved tires and took a page out of, out of Lewis Hamilton's book. Yeah, I thought Hamilton was going to catch him. It looked like, it looked like, I watched the last couple of uh, laps of that race and I saw that he was catched but uh, Max was masterful on pl- on where he was placing the tires just not oversteering too much to, to like cook the tires too much and then going up the hill just worked out perfectly and then I thought he was going to get him on the last lap, but it was I was surprised that, that Hamilton didn't get into the DRS zone, and then Max got the DRS from Mick to to just extend it. I, that was, as much as everyone wanted to complain about Mick halting Max, that was single-handedly the thing that saved Max's win um, in that race. Uh, we're heading to New Mexico this week for the Mexico GP for the first time in about two weeks. Any any predictions or any thoughts heading to that race? Sergio's got to win. He, he's got to perform in Mexico. He's got to. Oh, he's been, he's been having an uptick in performances so i i wouldn't be surprised to see it i actually would be and this and speaking of which his home grand prix is where he struggles supposedly i know uh it seemed like the for when the ferraris were good it was a ferrari mercedes kind of dance and max would just show up from occasion in the podium so from this is what from what i recall what i've seen in the last 2018 2017 2019 uh, uh races but that is all we have for the new scrub heading over to rcc roundup yay uh 
Um, we have a lot of games to uh, recap. Uh, first off, we're going to hit uh, the women's volleyball. Haha, <laughs> get it? They hit the ball. Hey, jokes. Yay. <laughs> uh, try to make it lighthearted. Um, the, uh, on uh, October 20th, they had a game versus Santa Ana on the road. It was a losing match. Uh, 32 uh, Lost 3-2 uh, to two in sets. Uh, the <clears throat> It was a close uh, game set-wise with the scores. Uh, the first set was 25-22, 16-25, 25-21, 26-25, 27-29 and 15-12. Uh, they had uh, four different players with 10 or more kills. Uh, Maggie Roberto having a masterful season. Um, 17 kills on the night. Miranda Gates with 10. Rachel Harris with 10. And then Jessica Lupe with 13. And then two players with 20 plus kills. Uh, Haley Gray with 26. And then Chloe Crystalman with 21. Then the following, uh, the Friday of that week, RCC lost uh, to Saddleback. It was, uh, the set scores were 28-26, 25-20, and 28-26. Um, again, Maggie Averto having a really good season uh 19 kills on that evening and then miranda gates was the closest player with seven Haley gray with 17 assists and then chloe crystalman with eight assists the next closest player uh just jessica lupe with nine digs uh our classmate colleague maya castro and chloe crystalman had seven digs each you were at this game Jesus. yes i was you want to give us some thoughts on this one this was definitely winnable i just it felt like to me it was a combination of errors and miscommunication that lost in the game okay okay from what i saw Gotcha. It, it seemed like it from, again, I'll be stat boy here for the episode <laughs> again. Um, and it seems like uh, it, it, there was a miscommunication because just from the different and like uh, Maggie getting 19 and then the next closest player with seven, you can just you can just imagine they were relying a little too much on one player than the other. And then same thing, even assist wise, 17 and the next closest with eight. So you, you were there. You can kind of attest to what I'm saying there. All I can say is that when I did my reports on my, ar- on my article, shout outs to myself for that and basically the players are saying they're getting stuck in rotation i think i, I don't recall it was it it was either Alberto that told me or Coach Loudon that told me that they were that the team was mostly stuck in rotations. Gotcha, gotcha. So that makes sense for sure. And then uh, this past week they had uh, two more uh, matchups. Uh, they, the Wednesday the twenty seventh was against Irvine Valley. Uh, lost in three set three three straight sets. Oh, I'm slurring my words again. <laughs> uh, it's been a long day, sort of. Uh, it was 25-11, and twenty five twelve. Maggie Alberto and Jessica Lupe had four kills each on this match and then chloe crystal uh crystalman had eight assists in the match and then the friday this past friday's matchup versus uh fullerton was uh a loss three to two uh rcc won the opening two sets fullerton won the following three to secure the match win uh three players with 10 and above kills a uh, maggie Alberto with 23 jessica lupe with 14 and then kaylee hobbert with 10 and then from there uh Chloe uh, Crystalman had 39 assists. Their next matchup will be on Wednesday versus Orange Coast. From there, we're heading over to uh, Water Polo. Uh, they had a bunch of matchups as well. I believe they had a tournament in during all of this. Um, the um, August, uh, August, geez, man, I'm way behind a month, apparently. I can't think right now. <laughs> October 20th game uh, was against Golden West at home. It was a loss, 17-9. Uh, Tommy Dempsey and Louis Grandi had a hat-trick each, and then and Seth Zarn had 10 saves and then Pavel uh, Roddick had six saves on the on the match. Uh, then they had uh, two games on the same day on the 22nd of October. The first game was a loss 10 to 5 against Long Beach. Um, uh, Matic, uh, Raja Matic had uh, two goals in the match and then um, oh, Matic. I said Matic, right? I can't even think. My brain's like forgetting. I'm having I'm having one of those days for sure. <laughs> Pavel uh, erratic because uh, <laughs> it's so similar. It's just like a one letter change. It's like messing with my brain. It's so funny. <laughs> anyway, anyways, had 12 saves on that match. And then in the second match of the day versus uh, LA Valley, uh, they won that match 12 to 10. Uh, Tommy Dempsey had a hat trick. And then Louis Grandi had four goals in the matchup. And then Pavel Radic had uh, 14 saves in that match. On the 23rd of October, they had two more matchups uh, in the the first opening game producer tim is cor- correcting me i don't know i'm sorry i hope i pronounce it right i will reach out to him i'm sorry if you're listening somehow reddick reddick 
Please tell me. <laughs> we will ask this. Thank you, Producer Tim, for correcting me. Um, <laughs> on the 23rd, they had two more matchups. Um, in the first game, it was versus Sierra. It was a 13-7 to victory. Um, no stats on this one, just um, just a 13-7 win. Uh, the stats were not available at the point of um, of writing the uh, writing the script here. Um, even after, it was still not available. Uh, in the second game versus uh, Cerritos, it was... Was a nine to five loss. Um, Sebastian de la Pena Kenley had two goals, and Luis Granley had also two goals in the same match. And then on the 27th of October uh, against Saddleback, it was a loss 16 to nine. Luis Granley led the team with four goals, and then Jared Salas had two goals in the matchup. And then um, Pavel uh, Reddick, I'm gonna go with that one now, had seven saves in this match. From there, we're heading over to the women's side of water polo. It was uh, again a long slate of games um, not as long as the guys uh, it was a little shorter um it, on the 20th of october it was against golden west it was a 13 Two three win, Lauren. You're gonna have to help me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at it. I'm like, I don't know how well this is gonna go. If okay, I say, right, right, I'll do this one. Lauren Loffermacher. Loffermacher. There we go. I looked at it. Okay, I had to break. I had to break the, the like the reading for a second because I'm like, okay, I can either butcher this or I'm gonna let Jesus take it and then let's have him take the risk and, and butcher it. We read, gotta read. We're gonna have fun with this. <laughs> uh, she had. Uh, three goals in the match. Albert uh, Amber Nielsen had uh, four goals, and then Laura Nelson with two. Uh, Gabri- uh, Gabriella Fisher and Makina. Um, Makina? Yeah, Makina Ortiz. <laughs> yeah, it's Makina. Makina Ortiz had three saves each in the uh, in the match, and then in the uh, on the twenty second of October, uh, they had two matchups. Uh, first matchup was against uh, Southwestern. It was a seventeen to four win. Uh, Laufermacher had led the team with four goals and then Nelson had three goals a hat trick on the match and then Gabriela Fisher Fisher and then Makina Ortiz had nine saves in the match and then the second game was a 96 loss versus Cerritos uh Amber Nielsen and then uh Reynoldson had uh two goals in the matchups each and then Makina Ortiz had nine saves in the um in the match on the 23rd they had two more games uh the stats the uh, stats were not available for this matchup uh in game one it was a eight to two win versus citrus and then in the second uh, matchup it was a 15 to five win as well versus golden west on the 27th of october uh they had a matchup versus saddleback it was a 12 to 4 uh victory uh, uh lauren nelson led the team with five goals and then amber uh, Nielsen, Taylor Mason, and then Laura Laufenmacher uh, had uh, two goals each in the match, and then Gabriela Fisher with six saves in the match, and then McKenna Ortiz had seven. So really long slate of games. Good job to the both water polo teams for sure. Uh, look forward to their following matchups coming. I believe this coming Friday. Uh, over on to cross country, the men's uh, had a uh, men's and women's team. Both teams had two races. Uh, race one was at uh, the uh, Texting invite at Cal State Fullerton. All scoring runners for the team were within the top 31, and then the whole team finished within the top 111. Abel Ramos was the second finish, uh, was the uh, was the second highest finishing runner in fifth with a time of 24:35, and then Mario Trevez was the highest finisher in fourth, beating his teammate out by five seconds with a time of 24:30, and then Rene Reyes uh, was the third highest finisher uh, in tenth with a time of 25:05. Uh, from there, they went over to the uh, Orange. Uh, Empire Conference uh, invite. Uh, they won the title in that race. Uh, they it was their fifth title in six years for the team. All runners finished within the top 57 positions. Uh, Abel Ramos won the race with a time of 21:55, and they had six different runners. Very impressively, in the top 10, and three of the runners were inside the top five, including the win from Abel. Over on the women's side, in the same invite for the Titan invite. Um, Finished seventh overall, really good finish compared to that they went against four different D- Division One schools in the field. All their runner, all their sco- scoring runners finished in the top 73, and then all team runners finished within the top 93. Highest finisher in the race for RCC on the women's side was Brianna Rodriguez with a time of 18:56 in 22nd place, and then Elena Huntley with uh, a time of 19:13 was a 34th, being the second highest finisher in that race. From there, uh, 
they had uh, over to the or to the same title race, the Orange Empire Conference title. Uh, they won the championship as well, getting a one-two finish. Uh, very impressively, Brianna Rodriguez won the race with a time of 20, 20 minutes, 53 seconds, point two. There's a reason I say the point two, because her teammate, Elena Huntley, came second with a time of 20 minutes, 53 seconds, point six. So they're very, they were essentially pretty much deadlocked until the very end. And then Helena Valdez came in fifth with a time of 21-26, having three runners in the top five. Uh, next meet for both teams will be the uh, Southern California Championships this coming Friday. Heading over to the world of football. Man, that was a long read. <laughs> Uh, two games to recap as quickly as we can. Uh, Mount Cineceno was the uh, host to our RCC Tigers. Uh, it was a victory for the Tigers. Very close game, 28-25. Um, for me, stat-wise, it was a tale of two games on the offense and defense. Uh, it seemed like they were very strong in the first half, but then on the second half, it was more on the defense to hold them off, hold uh, them being Mount Cineceno with a late second-half charge. Um, RCC was held scoreless in the second half, and uh, as I said, the defense was... Uh, Placed with the Giants has to hold off the the charging um, Mount Cinecino squad. Uh, quarterback Jordan Barton went 25 of 34 on that night with 246 throwing yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Also led the team in rushing with 51 yards. And then Lawrence Starks had the most, uh, uh, had the second most rushing yards with 50. And then Jamal Houston had the most receiving yards with 70, followed by Devin uh, Gutchenway with 59. And then uh, Nathan Bolton had an interception in that matchup. And then in this past week's matchup against El Camino, which there's something we have to talk about before we get to the main topic. Now I will bring this up as it comes on. Uh, it was another victory, improving to six and two in the season, remaining remaining undefeated in conference play. It was 34 to 27. Um, Jordan Barton had a, a mixed game, in my opinion, from what I saw in the stats. Uh, it was through 15 or 20 of uh, 24, 197 yards and then two TDs, two intercepts. Uh, Lawrence Stark led the team with 158 rushing yards, and then Marquise Ashley and Ty Moore led the team with 53 receiving yards each. Ricardo Chavez had a um, masterful night, went two of two on the field goal, and was uh, essentially clean on the night on the extra points as well. Uh, from the stats, it looked like RCC led most of the matchup, aside from the uh, third quarter, which they were held scoreless. Yeah, really good game. But, my question here, this, uh, El Camino had this game behind a paywall. It was nine bucks. It wasn't much, but it's the only team that I've seen that we've played in any of our conference team that is had a game behind a paywall. What are your thoughts about that? There's like one reason I would believe to be to play wall, and that is probably because they have live chat featured, and most of them are being toxic. So it's more, it's more like that, or there's something up. I don't agree with that happening because I get it. You're trying to make money in case somebody can't be at the uh, at the game, but it's not kind of fair to the away team. No, it isn't because everybody else, um, Mount Cineceno, like I link to the stream, um, RCC, we stream it. On on YouTube for free. Uh, I've seen other teams that posted us have um, when I've looked up old, old, um, old uh, games. They're they're free on YouTube, and then it seems like El Camino is the only one. So um, yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. It was. It I, just, I, I think it's wrong. I, I I don't know. We I'll reach out maybe to somebody from the athletics. To get, me, it makes sense in more of like pay per view like boxing matches. That's where it would make more sense. Mm -hmm. Not in a football game. True. 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 Um, honestly, it. it I, I get it. I understand it. Like, I know, like, let's say, like, certain, like, you play for a streaming service. I get that. But you don't pay for college one football, division one football, do you? No. Unless you, obviously, you pay your cable package, but that that's part of your cable package. You don't pay for the national championship game to watch it on pay-per-view. I don't think you ever did or there, there's not a point I recall in history where you did that. Not even a soccer game, not a baseball game, not the World Series, not the World Cup. So that's, that's, that's what kind of that's what kind of gets me. Um, I understand, I, like I said, I understand it, but uh, I get it. I, it does help with whatever budget that they have for for their athletic uh, programs for sure. Um, I, I know there's always a benefit to it. I, I maybe they donate it to an organization or help it back to get equipment spread it out to all the teams. Um, I get it, but at the same time, you kind of 
kind of kind of questioned it. when I first saw it. I was a little a little questioning, but I completely get that for sure. Um, heading back to the RCC Tigers. Um, next home game will be against Cerritos, and it's going to be Breast Cancer Awareness Night. So make sure you wear your pink to the game. Uh, from there we go to our main topic. After all that <laughs> reading, it's an interesting one. We were having a really good conversation about this one. Um, last week when we were discussing what should our main topic be. What? So let's just let's just say it. Let's the main topic is what is considered the fifth major sport in the United States. I want you to lead off because I've been asking a lot of people and I've got a little a bit mixed opinion. So I just want to gauge yours. Uh, you'll probably get the same from me because like there's like four, to me there's like three or four different contenders that could be the fifth major sport. But when I got on my research, supposedly it's soccer, but I don't think it's right. I don't agree either, and I'm a huge soccer fan. But the problem is for me considering soccer to be that fifth major sport in the United States, not a pe- enough people watching and not enough people are involved involved wise it's more of the u.s system in, to get into soccer you have to pay for a high program um you have to be in one of the mls academies maybe from there you'll move up into one either to the second division team and then from there you got to move up to the first team you'll be on the bench and then you'll eventually gain time to be starter and then then all that that's participation wise as a fan it's hard to kind of like taking my bias out of it my love and understanding of the sport it's kind of hard to get into it and just enjoy it like the mls product is good but it's not on the level of nba nfl mlb even the nhl like people can casually get into all those i want to see your i want to know your thoughts do you think it's for for a casual person is it easy to get into soccer or not for me believe it or not i think yes because the rules are simple to understand but i think what is the biggest takeaway is that there's like games where just they're just scoreless see and i've had a conversation uh with with friends that they they find that boring i actually find that entertaining sometimes sometimes <laughs> Sometimes it depends on the game. Uh, so it's like if it's a scoreless game and no, and everybody was just defending, and then, they, then you look at the stats, it's like two shots out of both teams. And I'm not even saying on target at the goal. That's a boring match. But if you have a game where it's like one team had like 15 shots and then seven of them were on target, and then the other team had like five shots and then three were on target, you're like, okay, something's up here. Either one team should have won this or one other team did something completely wrong. I find that fun, but. <laughs> There's a reason why people enjoy the English Premier League more than any other leagues, honestly. Yeah, the English Premier League is more of... That's a great example. Any team... That's why, like, genuinely, you just, like, hit a light in me. That's why everybody enjoys it, because any team can be the big guys. Like, you have, uh, what is it? This past weekend, Crystal Palace, they're normally a uh, middle-of-the-table team. They beat Manchester City 2-0 on the road, which, as a casual fan, I'm like, wait, what just happened? It's kind of like, let's say the Jets go to, to, let's say, the Ravens, and then they beat them, like, well, I don't know, 33-10. to You're question- Everybody's going to be like, okay, I'm going to have to question a lot of things here, but this one's kind of cool. Um, I, but, still, I still remember the one time I was paying attention to the Premier League and Leicester City won one title, and that really shocked me. That See, and I remember that was the 2016 season. I, I hadn't paid attention to most season, and then out of nowhere, like I start seeing like, oh, Leicester City's on top of the table. Leicester City's going to beat out City. City's the only closest team that can beat them. United's losing to Leicester. Chelsea's losing Leicester. Liverpool's losing Chelsea. I'm like, wait, what? Outside of the U.S., you soccer is a big sport, but inside, you don't have that entertainment with the MLS. Um, I had I poisoned I asked a couple friends about this. They had and they had proposed golf to be the. <laughs> Asus put his head down. <laughs> um, some of them poised. Po- po- no, here's the reason. It would make sense <laughs> if enough people watched. I don't know. From what they kind of, and I, I didn't do enough research on like the number figures there, but they, it, how we discuss it, it seems like, and I would agree, in the US, what gets more viewership? The US Open or match day 17 of the MLS? Probably the US Open. Yeah, and I'm talking about round two and three of the US Open. And then MLS, we're already 17 weeks into the season. The other one they poised was, I believe, racing. I was about to say that. I was about to. Because a wild stat from the U.S. Grand Prix last week in Formula 1. Mm-hmm. The last time they did it in 2019, there was 180,000 attendants. Which, we're still technically in the pandemic, but we'll talk about it later. No, that, that was 2019. Oh, 19. I thought we were talking about this year. And then this year, 380,000, supposedly. That's a big jump. That And I remember I was listening to uh, a podcast from uh, two race car drivers, James Inchcliffe and Alexander Rossi. I pointed them out to you when we were over at Long Beach on that race weekend. Um, They had heard a stat. Um, 
that Coda had sent out a survey to the fans asking them because there was a believe I think it was like a 50% increase in ticket sales and they poised the survey why did you start coming do you want to take a crack at what was the what was the answer why they decided to come this year's Formula One Netflix series Drive to Survive yes Drive to Survive gave an immense boost because and I, I had recently just heard the answer why and it makes sense it's not the direct answer from like Netflix but it's like a speculation people said like I forgot who said that but it allowed you to see behind the scenes what other racing series do you get to see behind the scenes their daily life heading into a race day the dramas of what goes on with silly season as it's called in in racing the driver market what other sport allowed that yeah and it sucks that max actually called out the series for being fake and is not participating in this season but you know it's understandable where he's coming from that part i do get because if you if you look at it outside of like a casual fan base it is serialized to get the drama out of the weekend because i i was funny enough and it wasn't for this i was re-watching the um the pierre gasly episode and the haas episode from last season and you can and the gasly episode just reminded me of the drama that was created that oh red bull dropped him and now he's back to redeem himself you didn't know he was gonna redeem himself like he did having like finishing eighth at at a spa and then winning at monza everybody thought oh yeah he'll likely have good finishes top 10 saying the points not a win and then like how the story was told it made it like even like me knowing what happened and i've watched this episode multiple times because it's a good episode it, 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 it really is it's really it's one so there's like there's the gripe of it is drama dramatized i i get the drama narrative but it also allows you to see and we've had this discussion before it allowed you to see kind of red bull's mindset of why is that second car so difficult because like they hold that second car to a higher standard and then pierre alex and now even sergio at the start of this season were struggling in that car yeah but if you look at it looking at it right now sergio seems to be getting a hang of it now. oh no no that's why i said the start of season the start of season that's why i was a little specific on that one and i think delivery i'm not sure if he if christian horner exactly said this but he, he was backing Alex Albon from what it looked like and then suddenly the mindset changed. Yeah, I know. But the point I'm going with this kind of like circling back, you NASCAR doesn't give you that. They give you all their YouTube stuff and their social media posts. I think IndyCar does the same thing. IndyCar doesn't. Oh, what? No. The only reason I have that much of like an understanding is because the podcast that Alex and Hinchcliffe do. It gives me like, I understand, I get to see like that normal, hear that normal side of them. Not that like that, yeah, we had a good race, blah, 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 X, Y, and Z, sponsor name sponsor name thankful for my team all of that what most drivers do at the end of the race even on a bad day what uh drive to survive did just opened up a floodgate of people but it's simultaneously opened up not a gate not just the f1 gate it opened up the indycar gate because you mentioned that because how many drivers are we having from f1 taku used to be takuma sato i call his nickname is taku former f1 driver alexander rossi former f1 driver um marcus erickson Marcus marcus erickson roman gorojan now calum eilat calum eilat Felix Rosenquist used to be in the Formula E series. So you have so many drivers. And then I believe you have Carlin, who is a European F1 team, F2 team, sorry. Um, They compete on a part-time to full-time basis on the IndyCar side. So you have that. Now you have F1's influence growing because of Drivers Survive. But now you people are realizing, oh, wait, there's this connection to this series. And then there's some people actually like dabbling into NASCAR. Um, Sage Karam is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, a couple other drivers have done it as well. Like um, James Hitchcliffe has... Uh, express interest Santino Ferrucci who has really good uh, Indy 500 races he's done NASCAR it trickles down um, the other one that kind of came to mind you're gonna, you're gonna laugh at these next two I'm gonna mention lacrosse because ESPN has had the rights the, the broadcast rights to that one I remember l- seeing that and there was a time where lacrosse was big um, not big big but it was competing with MLS on like that fifth major sport in my opinion I think it's more back in like 2012 2010 to 2011 in my mind and then the other one just because of the lulls that came to mind bowling because let's be honest how many times the espn 2 in the like at nine o'clock at night when there's nothing else the broadcast they show the bowling championship yeah i'm getting opposite reactions because i thought you were gonna say tennis <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i forgot tennis is a thing too yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, but they both make sense. They make sense, don't they? Um, tennis makes sense because how many majors do you have in a year? And then like Serena Williams is a big name. So is uh, Novak Djokovic. No, Novak Djokovic is another big name. Andy Murray is another big name that everybody knows. Uh, it's a, hmm, I don't know. And then I'm trying to think. If I can remember the Blue World Cup. <laughs> I will get, I will circle back to the joke. I will circle back to the joke. Come on. I mean, 
that's... for me, like to me, Olympics could be like up there, but it's just like they're all separate. You know, it's I... it's too many. If if you were to think like sports wise, it would be too many. I would from the that's an Olympic sport. I would say track track and compete because you do have world championships. And I remember when I was in high school, I would follow that for sure. Um, yeah, I know it's uh it's pretty interesting. And then the current rise, the other thing that could be considered um the fifth major sport, but I think it would fall into six. And you might like this one, esports. Um, and I, I'm I'm being more specific. Let's be a little more specific. Um, let's go with um, uh, sport esports. Uh, so let's clarify with that. That's like Madden, uh, the sh- MLB, the show, NASCAR racing, the Formula One games. Oh, I thought you were gonna mention something like Overwatch. <laughs> okay. Uh, do we want to consider that? It's it is it's, part of esports. So I, we'll, I mean, we'll they cons- have a league. Yeah, they have a league. I, we'll take that. And then I think Dota too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not not Dota too. I mean Dota as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I knew. Like, I, don't, what, I, I actually don't know what Dota is. I, I forgot what it's like. It's a version of World of Warcraft. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, even, even Smash. There's a bunch of leagues. Um, Collegiate leagues specifically. They're starting to be on a rise again. Yeah, there was a point. Um, Mario Kart. <laughs> there's people who liked Mario Kart. They, but that's more of a competitive, fun thing. But what? It, obviously, you're more in that community than I am. I've seen the community. I, I, I've kind of like followed it, but not too much. What is your thoughts of esports kind of possibly rising within, let's say, maybe top six spots? Because I don't think they would fill that fifth spot just, but maybe what if they become like that fifth major sport that sixth major sport I mean because fifth can be interchangeable like we said with like football with the with tennis um golf racing soccer but what if esports somehow filled in the sixth and then grew more to be that fifth you, you would know more because you're in this community uh, well, I mean, first of all you gotta look at the communities that you know esports more than just one thing like you look at you know the sport sport games like and then just like the fighting and community scenes or like even the, the smashing I, yes I'm putting that separately because because the creator of the game says that this is a party game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, for me being a, a Smash competitor, you know, it would feel nice to know that a big major company would be streaming this other than, like, you know, our usual sponsors, which is, like, Beyond the Smash or VG Boot Camp, you know, th- those things like that, you know, maybe a more national, like, not like a national broadcast, but, like, more condensed one, because, my goodness, with the offline tournaments coming back, we're seeing the rise of pandemic players that t- the Twitter haters say they were going to be Wi-Fi warriors, now becoming the top in the na- in top in the world. That's true. I remember there was a time, I believe it was about 2014-ish, where you had, like, players like, uh... Nate shot the Phase Clan rising up, trying to put, uh, trying to put esports in that force forefront. But that was when it was in its infancy. Uh, that's when esports was its in infancy. And we're 2021 now. It's grown to be considerably larger than when it was in that time. Um, and they they play like CS:GO. Call of Duty. Um, I know WoW, uh, World of Warcraft, WoW, and Dota were way, way in their infancies, like lower, like way a little bit behind comparative to what um, COD and CSGO were in that point. Um, CSGO. Or even uh, look at League. Even look at League right now. League of Legends. Yeah, there's a. When we went to that major the other time, they had a. I believe it was a. It was a League uh, game in there, right? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it was League or Dota. I am not sure what it was. It looks like it looked like it was League, but I don't know. I don't know. It, it was one of those two. I believe it was one of those two. But then you got um, uh, producer Tim's giving us a little bit of information. Uh, Pluto TV has specific channels um, that are related to esports. And then um, I remember uh, circling back to the Nate Shot and all those guys. They're the ones who started getting the, the sponsorship deal for esports. They started to get that on the rise. You started to get like deals on par with athletes. With like, uh, I don't know, this really well-known, I don't know, weight, thing, uh, weight protein thing. I don't know. One of the... One energy, of the energy drinks? Energy drinks. Uh, let's... Bang. Bang Energy's drawn on the rise with sponsoring a bunch of people. Um, uh, Kyle Bush. He he started his own energy drink, Rowdy, which is funny because that's his that's his, his actual racing nickname, Rowdy Bush. Um, but he uh, he's sponsoring the NASCAR esports driver for Joe Gibbs Racing. Like the car, like the virtual car they use is Rowdy Energy Drink sponsored like the whole car has that so we're seeing like people creating their own brands and actually like oh let's go back down let's go to esports and i'm not saying it's like we're going lower it's maybe like a lateral move in their kind of mindset or anything something like that because in some people nascar has been rising up with their esports f1 has been rising with their esports um i know the one that isn't up there i think it is but then at the same time it kind of falls and goes is madden just because everybody is like oh we can just go to the nfl and all that we can just watch football on sundays 
days, which is 17 to 20 it's, weeks of a season. I'll tell you right now, it's more, it's more stressful to play Madden because you're actually the one calling the shots than watching. You know, it's so stressful. I've played it before. Yeah, no. Well, even even like I, I've done, um, I've played the F1 mobile game. Um, and for me, doing that one, it's str- like there's there's uh, events where you can do it. You can do the um, the uh, what's his face. You can do like a championship event, and this is an online event. You'll score points and move up and down the leaderboard. I used to be super competitive in that. I would be like in the top, I don't know, a thousand out of like, out of like seventy thousand players. That's how competitive I would get on the F1 game. And we're racing on the actual F1 tracks on the in the virtual world on our phones. But we got to the point where we're upgrading parts and all that, and we're just like, come on, stay on the track. How many how many tenths can I get up? How many seconds? Like, okay, I have to do a race to make sure how how fast can I finish this race because they're timed. So you you kind of think like, okay, you started getting that athlete, that athlete, the driver's mentality. So yeah, that's <laughs> okay. Yeah, and before we transition a bit any further, I like to shout out. Our local scene, the Backyard Smash. You know, they have been a good introduction now that I come back to offline events. And seriously, shout outs to their lip balm. It's legit. <laughs> I remember you got it and <laughs> I didn't get it because I didn't pre register. <laughs> yeah, and shout outs to you, Gio, and towards E Man and Dan Weiss too, as well. Shout out to all of them. Um, We're going to be wrapping up here, but let's, let's, give, let's give out our answers. What do you think is the fifth major sport? Racing. Uh, Racing? Okay. I would have to say, I would want to say golf. As much as I don't like golf, even though I started playing golf recently, I, I went to the shooting range about a couple months ago. It's actually fun and relaxing. It's, it's kind of like therapy, honestly. <laughs> I, I would say golf just because a lot of people do watch it for sure. So uh, I know we gave a lot of reasonings. We went down a lot of roads there, a lot of recaps. But with that being said, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Uh, I know it's been a very long rambling one with me talking and Jesus listening to me as we go and producer Tim correcting me as I do and (laughs) wanting to join the Balloon World Cup. (laughs) But before we head out today, I just wanted to make sure you guys check out our other podcasts. Uh, Make sure you check out the uh, Rerun Rerun Shuffle, a TV podcast where our editor-in-chief Leo and our multimedia editor slash producer Tim uh, rewatch and discuss different episodes of different TV shows every week. They're up every Sunday and we have sadly reached the end of halloween month but they go out with a bang uh it was uh, they they watched buffy the vampire slayer once i saw the name of the episode i kind of chuckled because buffy buffy the vampire slayer hey uh it was a halloween episode of season two episode six so make sure you guys check that out for sure and then make sure you check out six by six theater it's a movie review podcast uh where they review major uh releases and then smaller releases as well uh producer tim told me to make sure to add that <laughs> he's got super mad at Josh Whedon for the rerun shuffle episode. <laughs> so I had to add that. Um, last week's six by six theater episode was on Dune and Night Teeth. Uh, good listens. It was Tim and Will on that one. Make sure you check that out. Also, make sure you check out RCC uh, at our website, viewpointsonline.org. Uh, make sure you check us out on Facebook, RCC, Riverside City College Viewpoints, and then on Twitter and Instagram at RCC Viewpoints. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at Antonio, Brian Antonio 96 The reason I got that wrong is because I just changed my Twitter name because I didn't want to say the other two. Jesus, we can check you out on Twitter at HatsupernovaSZ8. With that being said, listeners, I hope you have a fantastic day. Uh, Stay safe out there. Have a great time. And then watch a lot of sports as well. Have a good one. Bye.